Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, the final hour of the week is here. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network, live from 6th and Peabody, our home. Outkick 360 here with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. But Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. PK rejoins us on Monday. We're outside today in the beer garden. We talk a lot about this space. It's awesome. As long as there's good weather, we'll be out here on Friday. It is quite the space. Throughout the, the spring and summer. And you can join us the next time you're in Music City. Uh, Chad, I have, I have realized I have been faced with some deja vu. Not just this week, but like compared to like this, this exact time last year to right now. Brent Hubbs joins us from VolQuest.com. I'll bring him in on this conversation. So a, a year ago, we were discussing, oh, there's going to be this massive punishment coming down from the NCAA investigation involving Tennessee football. And now a year later, as we welcome in Brent Hubbs, who looks great on the, on the Hubbs family farm up in the office, um, Brent, now we're faced with, oh, retroactive punishment is coming for, for universities like Tennessee who embrace name, image, likeness, and uh, or, or, or the lack thereof with all the regulations going on. What are you hearing, boots on the ground there, uh, very familiar with everything going on and the way Tennessee embraced name, image, likeness and all of the benefits that come with that last offseason? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is, from an NCAA standpoint, I think the retroactive stuff is going to be really hard to do uh, unless you're just doing something where a school was really – um, blatant about something. Um, and, and I think Tennessee has been, um, you know, pretty sharp in terms of crossing their eyes or cross, dotting their eyes and crossing their teeth. Uh, so I, I don't think the retroactive thing is going to be near as big of a deal nationally as it would have appeared when it was first read by everybody. Because I just don't think you're going to go, I mean, where, where are you going to go retroactive back to? Right? Are you going to go? Are you going to go all the way back? So now we're going to. What are we going to do to Texas A&M's class, uh, and and these guys who are already enrolled as midterm enrollees? And, and how are you going to go about this business? So, uh, for rules that weren't in place, and, and got, you know guardrails that weren't in place. So, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot about the retroactive stuff when it's all said and done, because I think that's going to be. Um, I don't want to say a waste of time, but but you're going to be a a lot of costs measures going in to try to find something that you're going to have a hard time finding that there's anything there. So I think it's going to be more about moving forward and, and we'll see how administrators at universities and everybody adjust to things, you know, moving forward and where the NCAA is moving forward with, with how hard they're going to investigate this stuff and how cooperative everybody's going to be in all these investigative things as well. So interesting time for sure. We'll uh, we'll see what happens across the, the SEC and the national spotlight moving forward. Do you think specifically with Tennessee it changes the way they do business, the way they go about things moving forward? Now, not just the retroactive, but Tennessee or anyone around Tennessee associated with Tennessee, 
Does it change their mindset moving forward with this announcement? I, I don't. I don't know that it changes their mindset. No. Um, you know, does, does it change a little bit of the approach um, in 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 some ways? I mean, maybe. The, the one thing at Tennessee, you got to remember, um, with the collective at Tennessee, the Spire Group. I mean, those guys have been in the marketing game for for athletes for a long time. I mean, they're they're not a pop up shop. Um, they're not a pop up group of donors putting something together. I mean, they are a they are a business that's been around. They represent golfers. They represent pro athletes. They, they've been a part of marketing for a long time. And so there is, uh, as Austin likes to say, a little bit of a separation of church and state there. There's been a good bit of separation of church and state with, with the collective in Tennessee. Yeah, you haven't seen Josh Heupel with his arm around guys from Spire taking pictures, marketing to those guys and, and, and all those types of things like we've seen at Florida and some other places. So. Uh, I, I don't know that it changes a, a whole lot. I think what's going to be interesting is the NCAA says they don't want recruiting involved, yet you've got about 15 to 20 states where guys can make money in the high school ranks. So how are you going to take NIL out of the high school game and out of the recruiting game if you live in New York and you're a basketball player and you can have a deal as a high school senior or you're in California or you're in Louisiana? and you can have a deal as a high school senior. How do you take that out of the equation if your state allows it? To me, that, that's got lawsuit possibilities written all over it. There's got to be some lawyers driving around today going, boy, I hope I get a call on one of those because that's going to be a lot of fun. Brent Hubbs with us, VolQuest.com. Brent, I don't know if, uh, if you agree or not, but I'm curious. Is the bigger, you think the bigger deal of the, of the programs of the conferences that are complaining about this is the bigger deal about the transfer portal situation and, and, and NIL involved in the recruitment of players that are on current college rosters more so than at the high school level? It should be, and I think in some cases it is for some programs. I think it should be because I think that's where the money is having the biggest effect. It really is. I mean, you've got a limited number of high school players in, in states that can make money now. Um, you know, maybe there's some stuff being promised in recruiting or, or that type of thing. But when you're talking about the transfer portal deal, I mean, that's a that's a total different. That's a renegotiation of a contract. Yes. I mean, that that is straight up college free agency. I'm going to take the best deal out there for one year. Um, maybe in some cases, you know, multiple years, but in a lot of cases, one year. I'm going to take the best opportunity out there for me. That should be the bigger concern right now. Now, my question to that is, how are you going to police that? How are you gonna How are you gonna regulate that deal moving forward? If If player X is making six figures at one school, has a great year, and another school says, and he he wants to test the waters, and another school says, "Hey, I'll double the money you're making at that smaller school, or if that school that doesn't have a large pool to work from, come play for us." What are you gonna do to govern? I mean, what's the rule <laughs> against that? How does that How does that work? And, and I and I mean. That's where, that's where the transfer portal is. There's a lot of money being thrown around and, and talked about and asked for and in some cases received in the transfer portal. That, to me, that's where NIL is, is um, really, really going. Now, I get the whole guys are, are you know, in recruiting, pay for play and all that, but to me, the pay for play is, is more obvious in the transfer portal than it is anywhere else right now, in my opinion. Do you see a real mover in all of this? And what I mean by that, Brent, is 
the programs who have got the elite coaching and have been winning, it's not like they're not embracing NIL also outside of maybe Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, but they're still doing things even around him. Um, do you see a, a Tennessee? Texas A&M was already on the rise, but a program out there that could be a quick mover because they've been smarter about all this and they've been a little bit more progressive with this to where you can turn things around quickly. We know in the transfer portal you can, especially in Mm -hmm. basketball, you can turn it around quickly. But do you see an overall athletic program that could move up quickly with all of this? I I tell you a school that I'm keeping an eye on that I think has been – and, and, and I'm not suggesting they've done anything wrong. I just think they've been innovative and aggressive uh, in the NIL world, and that's Miami. Um, I, I see what Mario Cristobal's go, got going on right now. They've gotten a lot of kids on campus, transfers, portal kids on campus, high school kids on campus. I think that, that they, are, uh, they have an NIL plan. They, they've obviously made it very clear they've got money, uh, and you know they've probably been a little too vocal to everybody. That's probably one of the schools that – you know, the NCAA was talking about that they want to make sure all of their I's are dotted and T's are crossed. But I think when you look at the landscape of the ACC, there's an opening there now anyway in that league because you're not top heavy with four or five great teams. I think in that league, you can make a jump pretty quick. Um, I think Miami has decided they want to make that jump. Right now, everybody seems to be rowing in the right, in, in the same direction, they seem to be aligned pretty well. And I think they're a school that's making noise, and they particularly made it in the transfer portal. And I think NIL has been a part, been a part of that for sure. Brent Hubs and VolQuest join us weekly on Outkick 360. Brent, um, a lot of discussion based on what the ACC is going to do with their schedule moving forward and their format. A lot of people across the SEC curious to see what happens once Texas and Oklahoma join the conference. Traditionally, with the traditionalists that have been in power at Tennessee, I would have said they want the the same common opponents every year with Alabama and, and others. How do you think this regime would lean or vote moving forward if Sankey asked for that opinion on how to schedule things moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question and one I don't really know the answer to. I know where Dave Hart was on it. He was very much of the mindset of let's keep that third Saturday in tradition, you know, tradition in place. You know, that's what we want to do. Certainly from a competition standpoint, if Tennessee did not have to play Alabama every year, it would help them. There's no doubt about that. Um, You know, there's some really interesting weeks ahead in college football. Uh, You've got conference meetings that are taking place. The ACC kind of the first out of the gate with that and some of their scheduling. The SEC will do that in a couple of weeks. We've got Greg Sankey on the transformation committee. There's a lot of talk about what may or may not come out of that scheduling pods in the SEC. What do those look like? Um, from a recruiting standpoint, there's talk about lifting the 25-a-year rule uh, and going unlimited there, which I think opens up you know, coaches to be in a situation where they can cut guys if they wanted to more freely. Um, there's talk about unlimited staffs and opening that up. So what, what, what will come of that? I don't know, uh, but, but there are a lot of heavy topics on the horizon in college sports, it's going to start with the SEC, where the SEC spring meetings in Destin is not just going to be the Oprah Winfrey, you get a check, you get a check, you get a check. Yeah. There's going to be some pretty heated discussions taking place because not every school is on the same page with NIL. Not every president and AD agree with everything that's going on. Those will be some pretty interesting times in Destin for sure. 
Big basketball news uh, in the recruiting world yesterday featuring Tennessee, Julian Phillips, the highest-ranked, uncommitted player, unsigned player, commits to Tennessee and, and Rick Barnes. What does that do for this roster, Brent? And now where do you see Tennessee going moving forward with three roster spots to fill? Well, it's a big get for Tennessee because of his versatility. I think he can play three, the three or the four. Um, he's got he's to physically get bigger, which I don't think will be an issue. Six foot eight, um, can face the basket. Um, he, he is a guy whose jump shot has gotten a lot better the last 18 months or so and, and has really put, really put himself into being a really high caliber player. Nearly committed to Tennessee before he signed with LSU. Tennessee was deep in that one at that point. So the previous relationships there helped. I think it's a big get for Tennessee because they need some firepower and some help on the roster. Where do they go moving forward? They're still in it for Tyrese Hunter, the Iowa State transfer who is at Texas this weekend. Um, Hunter still may visit Kansas. There's some questions about whether or not Kansas has room for him right now, depending on who stays in the draft and who doesn't. Uh, he's visited Gonzaga. He's visited Purdue and Tennessee. Um, I think Texas is probably the school Tennessee would be most concerned with with him. He's there right now. Tennessee will have a couple of visitors on campus this weekend. DJ Jefferson had signed with Tulsa, got out of his letter when Frank Haith was let go at Tulsa. He is now on the market. He's visited Washington State. Wake Forest has been in that. He'll be at Tennessee this weekend. DJ's kind of a developmental guy. I don't know that he's ready to make a huge impact right away, but he is a backcourt guy. Uh, Hunter's much more of a plug-and-play type guy because of what he did at Iowa State. DJ Jefferson is a high school kid. And then another high school kid, Toby Awanka, is going to be in. He's from New York. That's six foot nine, kind of a bruiser, banger guy who played on an AAU team with Zakai Ziegler. He's supposed to be in town this weekend. Tennessee's obviously got to get some, some post presence and some big bodies here. Don't rule out them being in the international market as well when it's all said and done. But those are kind of the, the, the next couple of guys on the horizon for Tennessee that's going to visit. Who are the routine competitors in recruiting for, for these uh, recruits that were visiting? Uh, for Tennessee's perspective, from Barnes' perspective, Brent, or is it a lot of mix and match based on where they're coming from? You mean, you mean coaches recruiting them or other schools recruiting against yeah. them or what? Who is, who is Barnes competing against for these guys? Is there, is, well, there a, I mean, is there a normal program or two that always pop up? Yeah, I mean, you know, with where Tennessee's at in recruiting, you know, five-star type players, I mean, they're recruiting against the blue blood type guys. Uh, you, you look at Julian Phillips, he could have gone a ton of places yeah. yesterday. Auburn was the other finalist. He had the G League in there. I, I mentioned Tyrese Hunter. He's at Texas right now, Gonzaga, Kansas, uh, Purdue, all traditional tournament teams, big-time Power Five programs. DJ Jefferson is an interesting story. He committed to Tulsa, signed with Tulsa, got out of the letter, didn't have a whole lot going on. A lot of people thought Wichita State might be the best place for him. He goes to the Allen Iverson Invitational, plays really, really well, and sees his recruitment kind of take off here as some schools need bodies because of the transfer portal, Tennessee being one of those, Wake Forest, Washington State. So he went from a guy being a, a non-Power 5 or a lower-ranked Power 5 guy to now he's got an ACC offer, he's got an SEC school recruiting him, and he's got a Pac-12 deal. So. The late guys, sometimes it falls to them a little bit uh, because of the transfer portal out there if you develop. And Jefferson has earned his right because of what he did at the Allen Iverson Invitational in the camp that he performed at there a couple of weeks ago. What are you doing out in Knoxville? Are you, uh, you cutting hay? It is hay season. What's on the farm? <laughs> uh, we put up uh, 210 square bales on Wednesday, uh, rolled another 20 yesterday, 
and uh, today was still post-drive day for the, the green bean patch. So I almost I almost went outside and did this boys out in the dirt today to show you we were getting a little bit done on the farm, but we got baseball coming up in about 15 minutes. We'll have full coverage of that on the side as well as Tony Vitello's team looks to clinch and win the SEC. If they can get a little help from Vanderbilt tonight against Arkansas, then the Volunteers can win the conference outright in the regular season today, which means what? Bonus money for Tony Vitello and bonus <laughs> money for Danny White. It could be payday Friday in Knoxville if the Commodores take care of business and Tennessee finds a way to win tonight. How, how much is at stake? Do we know? Uh, well, Vitello's bonuses are going he's going he's going to shoot past the SEC regular season championship because the bonus structure for him is the highest of basically how far they go. And I, I, if he gets to the College World Series, I think it's something like 30% of his base. And if he wins the whole thing, maybe it's like 38% of his base, something like that. Um, Danny White gets like 2% for every regular season championship that, that takes place off of his base. So uh, with the year that the athletic department's had, Danny White's in a position, he's going to have a nice little uh, $125,000 to $150,000 bonus th this no year for being the AD. No, no question I mean, it's, about it's, it. It's not, it's not outkick money, but it's not bad, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not Clay Travis money. You That's mentioned right. it's not, it's not Clay Travis money at outkick. Uh, let's, 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 don't lump us into that we'll, by, by any means, Brent. We'll gladly take two percent of yes. any white salary, though. That, or, that or, Clay's. Be terrific. or Clay's. Or so, Clay's. Yeah. So, yeah. So would I. Anybody <laughs> wants to write that check, send it my way, please. Hub's always great, man. Appreciate it, and uh, tell, uh, tell Austin we said hello and to hit him straight. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate right. it. Have a great weekend. You too. Brent Hubs, VolQuest.com, Austin Price there as well. They're great staff. They've got everything covered from Tennessee to all the big issues. NIL is, of course, a major issue across the entire college football landscape. They're speaking to people and decision makers, boots on the ground, and reporting that back to you both and what they write and their, their podcast, their weekly podcast for the VolQuest.com podcast. It's, it's very good. We highly recommend it and endorse it here at OutKick. Coming up. Let's get into what's going to be a great sports weekend. Normally, Chad, you know me, I would not buy into NBA or NHL playoffs right now. Like I'm, the, the traditional matchups, unless we're going into the NBA finals. I'm not talking NBA. Game sixes, big. Memphis Grizzlies, Warriors, big. Game sevens in the NHL, massive. And we also have some NFL headlines as well. Jarvis Landry. Well, he chose a team. We'll tell you where Jarvis Landry, the veteran wide receiver from Cleveland, will end up. That's next on OutKick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. 
from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. We're getting the second or third wave of free agency. It all depends on how you rate this time of year. If you think there's a second wave of free agency before the draft, then this is the third. But you guys know where I'm going here. Outkick 360 rolls on. Jarvis Landry's a five-time Pro Bowler. He's no longer with the Cleveland Browns. They could have re-signed him, chose not to. They let him go. He's now headed to the NFC, to the New Orleans Saints. That is where he will land. They have uh, signed two players post-draft. Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, back in New Orleans, back in Louisiana, where uh, reports were he shut down the, the website for his jersey within minutes of it going on sale. That's how popular Honey Badger is returning to Louisiana. Now they have Jarvis Landry returning to Louisiana. Seems like a marketing play. More than one that... um, Two very good players. Both have produced Two very good players, but with, again, maybe, Hutton, it's because I'm so accustomed to players of Jarvis Landry's... And he's still a young guy. He's 29 years old. Yeah. But yeah. you, you he assume seems like he's thirty-five. But you assume when those guys make the no, move, I mean, they go to the top quarterback or one of the top quarterbacks. I'm not calling that old. We're around that age. I'm, we're older than that. Yeah. I'm saying that he, Jarvis Landry that seems like an old soul, based on the the youth that's been in the league. You're right, though. He's 29. Yeah, I feel like he's been around since Brady. Yeah. came into the league. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's. I, I guess the assumption always is these guys that have had a career already will now go and pair with a top quarterback. It's like a fine wine pairing with a cheese. When you get the choice, you pick quarterback. Yeah. And you go to a spot where you can win a title and you pair with a quarterback. You don't often see it where you're pairing with a city, you know, or New Orleans, the organization, well, and not the quarterback. This feels a lot like Miami. And let me explain offensively. Alvin Kamara at running back. They have Michael Thomas, who is back and apparently on good graces and good terms with the New Orleans Saints. Chris Olave is their first-round draft pick, and they've just added Jarvis Landry to that offense. They have um, Adam Troutman as their tight end, and Jameis Winston as the quarterback, who was playing well before he got hurt last year. Now, new coach, defensive-minded team, um, new coach in Miami, offensive-minded head coach but a, a Miami defense that is well thought of across the league they're very similar in how they're building right now with a prove it type year for both guys and if they do great if they don't you put everything around them to have the best case to prove it or disprove whether or not they're the future and ultimately New Orleans um, Miami but both examples of teams that could be in the market for a veteran quarterback a year from now look Brady can get out of the contract after this year. There's an option year for both uh, Tampa Bay and for Brady. We know he can get out and go to Fox Sports as well. Aaron Rodgers' contract is, if you look at the details of it, there are out clauses in on both sides of this, and Rodgers knew it when he signed up. 
Both sides have the opportunity to get out after one year. If you look at the money structure of this, and they can move on with Love or someone else in Green Bay if they want to. All that to say, it's a nice play by Landry if he's looking to pair himself with the immediate future and then the distant future, the couple years down the road future of whatever New Orleans is going to do. Well, how exciting is the thing about those quarterback possibilities that you just laid out also with Rodgers, with Tom Brady, and what could eventually happen with them? We'll throw out others. I mean, Tannehill could be available. Tannehill with that offense, it's very similar to what he flourished with here, talent-wise. I mean, again, like you, you have to pair it with the Saints a year from now are playing in the division likely without Tom Brady. They're playing with a division that's likely starting a first-round quarterback at, in Atlanta. Carolina, who knows what happened. I mean, it's an, it's an interesting scenario long-term for the veterans they're signing now. Uh, that, uh, it makes more sense on a year from now than it does right now with what they're building. So Jameis Winston also said that he's going to grow his hair and beard out like Samson to try to channel his strength. So <laughs> does that factor in at all with his well, play? Well, this well, year he's still, uh, will he still eat the W's and uh, still the crab legs? Man, he is a different cat Yeah, in a lot of ways. Players love him. Uh, yes. Players like, love him. He's, he's honestly, it's like he's, he's, you know, at some point Steve quirky. Spurrier shifted to me that the cockiness yeah. and the quirkiness became endearing. He's getting close to being endearing to me that he's so quirky with the workouts and the stretches and the eating W's, and now he's going to grow his hair and beard out to channel Samson from the Bible. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, Hutton, I'm, I'm very close to being a Jameis Winston fan. I'm getting there. I want to see Win- – I don't. it's hard for me to envision Winston with a beard, like a full beard. I, yeah, I'm talking like Ryan Fitzpatrick beard. Oh, I know. That's what yeah. I want to see. I mean, that, that's what, that would be a, a Samson-like yeah, that's, beard. That, that's, what, that's what he needs. Maybe that was the missing link throughout his career. You know, the missing link throughout his career is, will he just tone it down and not throw into double coverage? Yeah. Look, beard or no beard? Beard or lack of interceptions? <laughs> you pick. That's what he goes into the Saints front office and says, you know, look, I could, I could grow a beard or I could throw less interceptions. Yeah, or that. Which yeah. would you guys prefer? Then we'll see. Um, so the Grizzlies go into a, uh, a matchup with the Warriors, Game 6, possible Game 7 if they can win on the road in San Francisco. Chad, uh, they are 21-6 and six this season without Ja Morant. That includes one victory over uh, Golden State and a loss against Golden State in this series um, that we've seen. Um, with all that being said, they are a better defensive team. They, they become the best defensive team in the NBA Without John Moran on the floor, if you go through their stats on their wins without him, that's how they won. It's not like someone steps up and just is, uh, you know, the the super leader that they they need whenever Moran's not there. It's on the defensive end with the steals, the turnovers, and the transition points. They are great at getting points off of a made basket or free throw in transition within like six seconds, getting it back up the floor and forcing the issue at the rim. That's what, that's what forces a Game 7, and that's what forces uh, all of the eyes and attention to be on Memphis, back in Memphis, if they can pull off one more win. I, I'm excited about this game, but also because, I mean, how does Golden State bounce back after what was a, we just talked about Samson in the Bible, that was a biblical beatdown in Memphis the other night. Yes. Do they bounce back, and we know they can. We see this in the NBA and pro sports all the time. 
But do they bounce back to the level they need to to go up against what you highlighted there, Hutton, which is an elite defensive team? They're going to see elite defensive effort and execution by this Grizz team without John Morant. So can they bounce back to the level to get the win tonight and close out this series and avoid going back to Memphis for a Game 7? I think if this thing gets – tonight's the Warriors to win. I believe they win tonight. If this thing gets back to a Game 7 in Memphis, I think Memphis is going to the Western well, Conference so Finals. Dylan Brooks can be a lockdown defender. Tyus Jones is a better defender at point guard than Ja Morant. Um, he's capable on the offensive end. He's not Ja Morant on the offensive end. Bain has had his best game in weeks in the blowout win. A lot of players had their best game in weeks against Golden State, by the way. So let's also couch that. Jaron Jackson has 21 points or more in two straight games. Uh, they found consistency there, especially beyond the arc. He made four threes in game five. They've gone into – they're forced to go into a bigger lineup, and that forces Golden State to adapt. They could not adapt in game five. So now they have the day off and the transition to tonight where they have the opportunity to do so and then force the, the game six – or game seven, excuse me. Yeah, I think they got to get it done tonight or they're going to lose in game seven in Memphis. Sutton, Hutton, something just came across go ahead. my Twitter feed here that I have to bring up. A little news? This is a quote from Nick Saban. He was on Paul Feinbaum's show. Uh, today and he said the following one of the things I like to see us is to be able to work back to is that everything in college football has always had parity and we need to work back to that Nick Saban coach of Alabama is talking about college football always having parity the one thing about college football (laughs) that people would complain about coach is the eternal lack of parity led by you at Alabama and other top programs. College football is one of the rare sports that you go into every season saying, ah, there are three or four teams that can win it all. And 95% of the time, one of those three or four teams wins it. I love college football. I absolutely love it. You can't beat Saturdays in the fall for my money. But to say that we got to work back to a place with parity because college football has always had parity, what world is Nick Saban well, living in? But I, or is he just mocking everyone by saying No, this? he's not mocking. He's threatened. He's threatened by NIL and the world that allows more parity across college football. It allows Texas A&M to immediately come in and meet them on the high water mark of recruiting, if not surpass it in a year. Um, I've, I've long said in this discussion, he's not worried about you know one, two, three recruits here. This is about full classes setting a new mark that he was previously setting, and it's not happening at Alabama or Georgia. It's happening at Texas A&M, where he's going to face them every year. That, that to me, is the, is the point here. And there will be other programs like that. You know, now that Lincoln Riley's out at SC, how does that factor in? We certainly know that Clemson's going to have to adapt if they want to take on and follow in the footsteps of what's working right now in college sports and college football, big-time college football. Um, and then you know, who's the next group that embraces this with the collectives and boosters to a point? that elevates them into this discussion because the SEC East there's a there's a spot available there in the pecking order after Georgia well let me say this to Nick Saban and and look I'm not here to tell Nick Saban how to live his life or work his profession but here's my message Nick Saban you've won enough like chill out the fact that you're threatened by Texas A&M is ridiculous you have won more national titles. You are the best coach in the history of the sport. 
I mean, I'm not one for everyone gets a trophy, but by God, let someone else win and be fine with it. Like, you're threatened? Why would Nick Nick Saban could lose every game for 10 straight years well, and still be the greatest coach of all time? Also, but, Who cares but also, if other people are getting recruits? Until we expand the college football playoff, the it, teams at the top but, are traditionally going to be the teams at the top anyway. Isn't that odd? Like I understand a 42-year-old head coach making his way feeling threatened by an in-state rival that's doing something they don't approve of. Yeah. Why is Nick Saban threatened? Like, how insecure are you if you honestly, if this is a response to feeling that you lie about your sport and say we got to get back to having parity because we've always had parity, why would you be threatened to the point of lying about your sport? Why are you threatened if you're Nick Saban? I say this as a compliment to Nick Saban. Well, there, there's The last been... man in college football that should feel threatened is Coach Nick Saban. Well, there has been some parity in the rules and regulations of how you go about things and whether or not you get caught cheating. But now it's wide open to where there are no guidelines or guardrails to follow. So technically, if he's talking about that, there is no parity in, in regards to how you acquire your players now. Um, but, but he was he was the best at towing the line. And, and then at, at one point, I mean, things flipped in year two, year three at Alabama where players wanted to go it didn't matter if they were not going to start year one they were going to start year two and then bolt to the draft a year and a half later you know that's now he's competing for those guys i mean it's also ridiculous i mean if we're uh, if we're continuing to live in fairy fairy tale land it's ridiculous to think that nick saban in alabama not nick saban personally but no, I know alabama's not utilizing nil of course in recruiting of course they are i mean i'm not gonna I don't like Nick Saban to continue to talk like this because then well, dumb people believe that Alabama doesn't spend this, money in NIL. This is a uh, – my phone timed out here because of my crappy battery. Um, let me – here we go. So there's an opposite end of the spectrum here that's for a bigger topic. But you have people like Mike, Mike Florio, pro football talk, carrying the water for Deion Sanders. Um, here's the flip side of this. This is from Florio. Tweeted this out at Pro Football Talk. Okay. Deion Sanders speaks out against NIL, and for good reason. Schools like Jackson State can't compete for recruits in an age where players can actually get paid by boosters. Here's a newsflash, Mike Florio. Jackson State wasn't competing for these recruits to begin with. No. You have to factor this in. The, the, the schools without remain the schools without. It's not like you gain some advantage here by the big booster schools all of a sudden having NIL that they can point to and collectives and boosters that are helping get recruits there, that's been happening. So this this whole carrying the water, and for good reason, he speaks out against NIL and for good reason. Schools like Jackson State. How about schools like Ole Miss? Let's start there. Uh, schools like Jackson State can't compete for recruits in an age where players can actually get paid for boosters. When was Jackson State competing... Jackson State is rec- is competing for recruits because they have Deion Sanders as their head coach. Not NIL. Well, you're, you're spot on. And those schools are never competing with the top powers of college football. And, look, I've talked, we've talked a lot on the show about the possible pitfalls of NIL and, you know, recruiting with NIL and all of that. Yeah. We get all of it, okay? But I'll, I'll speak out here for my alma mater a little bit. There's something a little bit refreshing, quite frankly, about a sport that has not had any parity for years, right? Any parity. <laughs> that there is nothing in my brain 
that would say this football player should go play for Tennessee over Alabama or Ohio State other than playing time, right? But for my school to come out and say, you know what then, we'll pay you. We'll pay you more money because we want better talent and we want to win. You're right. We haven't won a lot in the last 10 years, and those schools have. So how about $800,000? Or how about a million dollars? Great. Let's do it for a little while, (laughs) and let's see if we get actual parity. Yes. Let's try that out, Nick Saban. Let's let Tennessee and A&M and those passionate fan bases pitch in some money and go buy some recruits and then come back and see if there's more parity. Maybe, hey, hey, let's hold out hope here. Maybe that helps the parity problem in college sports a little bit. Here's this to me is a feather in the cap for those that are pro name image likeness and pro collectives playing a factor in college football. The fact that Nick Saban is speaking out on this tells you that it's more balanced than it's been ever before. Yes. That like that that to me is a check mark in the positive column, not the negative. Well, here, now, now, here's the newsflash, too. They're going to keep winning. This so carries, I don't know what he's complaining about. But on the, on the same, in the same breath and the same scope, I'm not thinking it's, it's, it's good not to have rules and regulations. I think there need to be guardrails with this. For sure. Uh, because if there, all, ne- there, there needs if, to be a league, there needs to be rules right. like the NFL has. Right. That's what they need to have. Right. But you're not going to do that unless you just but flat out pay the players. it's not just an NIL issue. Like, it's... It's more than just, oh, July 1st of last year changed everything. No, it didn't. Um, the NCAA changed everything when they refused to regulate this. It's not the fact that it happened. It's the fact that the NCAA didn't have the stones to step up and show a backbone to regulate it because they were afraid of lawsuits. Um, and, you know, I don't want to be sued either, but that's what they're their job is to regulate well, and needs, monitor. There needs to be regulation, no doubt about it. There's a substitute teacher I, now at the NCAA. I don't like the concept of giving a high school kid a ton of money before he gets to the school. Yeah. And I know the pitfalls of that, and there, there are going to be a lot of locker room problems. And the transfer portal thing is the bigger issue. That's it. Where I, guys can double up at there, their own school, right. or they can go somewhere else and get more money. That's a problem, and that's the problem you have when there are no rules. But Nick Saban needs to shut up about this. Hey. The last person I want to hear from about parody is Nick Saban. The um, last person. But if you want to hear from whenever Chad mentions, if I can speak on behalf of my alma mater, that carries more weight than the average man speaking on behalf of his alma mater because he is a balanced man scholarship recipient true. at the University of Tennessee from SIGEP. This just isn't. Was some, it SIGEP? It, it was. Well done. Good, good recall. He did not. He's, this he is not, not. By the way, he's not a brother of SIGEP. Yeah, I'm not. No. And look, that, I, if you want to talk about parody, I'm the exemplary of there it parody is. because I took the money and I went elsewhere. Because <laughs> I thought SIGEP was too good at the time. What so a I, businessman. I went to my fraternity because it. they needed the help. I love it. Because I was interested. I was way more interested in parody that Nick Saban was. I wanted to help Sigma Nu, the snooze win over the Sig Eps. By the way, Dylan uh, points out also, it was NIL that helped Jackson State and Deion Sanders land the top player in the country in Travis Hunter, if you yeah, remember. But, but again, Deion Sanders is complaining that it's going to keep them from... Come on. like You just think a little bit more than just surface level reading a quote and tell me where Jackson State was having success pre-Deion Sanders, period. Like yeah. uh, on this level, on being not even recruiting, well, they're going being to, discussed, being mentioned. Like l- let's just start there. Being mentioned on a, on on May thirteenth of any year on a random show, 
across the country. That's, that's the difference. It doesn't matter NIL or not. They've got Dion as their coach. And they're going to be, they should dominate their, their level. Of course. I mean, that, they're not competing with Alabama for national championship. They're not in the same classification. So it um, makes no sense. Uh, Chad, I want to mention this for tomorrow's viewing purposes. On Saturday, three game sevens in the NHL. Three. You've become a big hockey guy. This the, the playoffs are very compelling right now. You've got um, at 4.30 tomorrow, these, these times are Eastern, 4.30, Carolina faces Boston in a game seven. Toronto, and again, I told you, it's the most compelling storyline in years for the NHL, and, and they have a, a windfall tomorrow with two game sevens in Canada. Toronto will host Tampa Bay, the two-time defending champs, in a game seven. And then Edmonton, L.A., in Edmonton for Game 7. There, there's just a different level of competitive nature to the Stanley Cup playoffs that the NBA doesn't have it, it right now. This is round one. You know, that, that's why I say tune in, because it's, it's good. It's more than just background noise yeah. on a random Saturday night if you're looking for something to watch or to go to FanDuel.com slash OK360 and put $5 on. That's, that's, all, that's why action. I mention it. If I would rather watch action. that than a game six across the NBA playoffs. Coming up, we get you set for the weekend and look ahead to a jam-packed Monday edition, recapping some big storylines to watch out for. That's next on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Outkick 360, wrapping up what has been a fun week across the Outkick Network. Shout out to all of our radio partners, including Sports Radio 104.7 in the Upper Cumberland, uh, as well as Somo Sports Radio, and we say hello to Fox Sports Shoals, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, and uh, everywhere in between uh, with their, their great stations there, Florence. Hello to Florence, Alabama. Uh, Chad, today, David Reed's final day with Outkick 360. For those that don't know, David's been with us going on like six or seven years, dating back to uh, halfway during our tenure with Midday 180. Uh, Moving on to other things in the media business, but it's been a huge part of Outkick 360, getting us off the ground and running on the radio end of things, uh, as well as everything that we accomplished as a foursome. We always refer to the trio as the foursome. Uh, with uh, Midday 180 here in Nashville. Yeah, big part of everything that we did. Uh, he was in the open of this show, uh, was huge uh, when we got him with us to carry over what we were doing with local Nashville radio and always been uh, a great part of this show and, more importantly, uh, a great friend. So uh, we wish David Reed the absolute best with his next venture and a um, bit of a Bit of a sad day as we say goodbye to David Reed as part of the show. No doubt. Uh, uh, cheers to David and Lindsay cheers. on all the uh, the future quests uh, D- involved David there. doesn't drink alcohol, so we'll just drink it for you. There you go, David. That's, That's our right. final yeah. tribute to you. By the way, the 360 drink here at 6th uh, and Peabody. By the way, my, my no-straw stance is a lot more difficult <laughs> over a laptop. I <laughs> uh, just realized that. Didn't get anything on there somehow, but we uh, We did not choose the 360 
drink, the it, cocktail. It chose us. It did. It, it really did. Um, but it's delicious. It is blackberry margarita moonshine. They, they make two separate, a blackberry moonshine and a margarita moonshine. It's mixed, and that's their blackberry margarita that they make here on site. And uh, you can go to Alkick360 on Instagram, hit the story, and you can see all the uh, ingredients there on how you can make that at home with Old Smoky Moonshine. It's tasty. It's refreshing. It's really, really good. Um, uh, someone else we, we knew was here earlier with us, hanging out, and said, you know what? Drunk Uncle? Uh, outside of Drunk <laughs> Uncle, who also had one of these. You know what? Multiple people came by today and ordered this. They said, you know, you know what, Hutton? I'll try the 360. They told Krista, our bartender over yep. here. She mixed one up for them, and they looked at us honestly and said, this thing is delicious, and you can make it at home. But what you need to do is come down here to Six and Peabody this weekend and have one. Yeah, if you're in the Middle Tennessee area, this is a great spot to pregame, postgame, in-game. They've got the biggest screens in Nashville, outdoor, indoor, multiple screens for all the games, uh, which include two game sixes, Grizzlies, Warriors, Bucks, and Celtics. And then we have... Um, what Suns and Mavs in a game seven? Bucks Celtics game one, I should say, and then you've got Suns and Mavs in game seven coming up. The Suns lost again. Bucks Celtics uh, game is it game six, six tonight? Oh, yeah, Bucks, Celtics, the Heat. Six. You're right. The Heat yeah. moved on last Heat night. Heat moved on against the Sixers. They await uh, the winner. Yeah, Suns Mavs still playing. Um, by the way, what's that, up with the Phoenix Suns? I don't know, but that Buck, that Buck Celtic series has been fun, the, the back and forth of that And one. that's back in Milwaukee with a chance to close it out because they won on the road in Boston. Yeah. I'm going to spend the weekend trying to avoid sneezing uh, with this, the allergies going on. Hutton, you and I both mow our own yard. I was unable to with a softball game coach last night uh, to, to participate oh, for in the Thursday, Thursday night mowing league right. that Joe Kinsey's made so popular at OutKick.com and love his column. Shout out. So I will, be, now at I will be the, mowing the, the yard tomorrow morning as early as I can. I try to start at 8 a.m. to not wake too many people up, but when it's cool out, I'll hit the yard. But I fear the level of allergies here's, I'll have. Here's my pledge. I will not complain about the heat moving forward. I, I welcome it, but the allergies, it's hard it's hard not to complain if you suffer like it's, Chad and I do. I've held they in suck. a sneeze for the last three hours. Yeah, the moment we sign off, I will sneeze on Hutton. Zizol and Benadryl should sponsor this show. I promise that. Outkick 360 and back 360. on Monday. Philip Fulmer joins us Monday. Enjoy the weekend.